0: Welcome to Down with Joe DeRosa. One topic, one hour. Here we go. Another episode. Let's get these plugs out of the way. Uh I will be in Philadelphia this week at Helium Comedy Club Wednesday night through Saturday night. That is one, two, three, four, five, six shows. Uh come on out. Have a good time. Enjoy yourselves. I hope you like it. I'll be doing my new hour uh of material. Um It does not have a name of any sort yet, but a lot of talk in there about death and dying and anxiety uh, and entitlement and all kinds of things, Uh, so I hope you enjoy The Misery. Uh, Also out now, the new album of rarities, Mistakes Were Made, The B-Sides, Double Disc, available at your favorite iTunes store or your favorite Amazon uh, (laughs) store for download. Uh, Enjoy it. Buy it. If you like it, leave a nice review. If you don't like it, shut the fuck up. I don't care. Uh, Let's get on to the topic. Uh, This week, we're talking about expression and the various forms of it. Uh, This is a Multi tier topic, I would say. There's a lot of ins and outs here, and I think there are a lot of different perspectives on this topic. Uh, and I'm always fascinated to see how the average person uh, sees the, the concept or interprets the concept of, of expression differently, um, whether it's the right of expression or um, whether or not you should do it freely or what have you. Uh, so I actually want to do something a little different with this episode. I actually am going to start with some of the uh, Twitter thoughts and questions, because I think that could kind of give us a a versatile uh, take on where people are coming from with this. Uh, So DK Rivers, you can follow DK at, uh, at DK Rivers on Twitter thoughts on the sacrifices of expression, rejection, exclusion from others or self-imposed expression fatigue. Uh, I agree with that. I, uh, well, I have thoughts on that. I should say, yeah, this is a great place to start expression does require sacrifice um it, it if you're really going to stand by your ethics if you're really going to express your your morality you know to other people uh your opinions to other people you're going to alienate people there's no way you can't do that um if you're really going to express your true opinions uh and i'm not saying expressing them in the way of being an asshole uh, and being rude, and therefore, you people go, I don't want to be around that guy, he's a dick. Um, but if you're going to express yourself, you're going to alienate people. If you're going to be a diplomat and placate everyone all the time, then there's no way you're truly expressing how you really feel. Um, and it's tough, it's tough. Uh, the, the rejection and exclusion can often come from other people, but it can also be uh, a self imposed thing. It, 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 you know, you can be somebody that flags. Or waves your ethical flag, uh, you know, far too vehemently, and therefore you create a self-imposed um, exclusion of yourself with others. Uh, and he just says the words "expression fatigue" here in the tweet, but I know what that's all about. I, <laughs> if I, if I'm, in, if I'm understanding correctly, what you mean by that, DK. Uh, yeah i know what expression fatigue is it's it. i have i have harangued to the point of tiring myself out where i go i'm sick of having opinions i don't want to have opinions anymore it's too tiring i just want to be even keeled and 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 just agree with what everybody else says and then you you just can't You, you just can't anybody that's a strongly opinionated person can't. And and even to somebody who's not strongly opinionated that tries to live that way, because we all know those people. We all know the diplomats that are sort of massaging everybody's shoulders at all times. Um, Those people, I don't believe, are happy at the end of the day. I think they probably look in the mirror and go, I'm kind of disgusted with myself right now. I play the game, but never for myself. Uh, I'm always playing it for others, and I don't think that's a good way to live. So... Uh, here comes a thought from, at emaster1980, at emaster1980, a lot of people who express their opinion often do it without being able to debate a counter view, uh, especially intelligently. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, I think the problem with most people presently, uh, with most people's opinions, is those opinions are voiced in a very one-sided fashion. And we have a lot of outlets these days that allow us to express these opinions in a one-sided fashion. Email, social media, um, particularly uh, podcasts. These are the things that let us express ourselves in uh, in a one-sided way. You don't have to read the replies on Twitter if you don't want to. You don't have to read the reply in an email if you don't want to. It's not a discussion. It's you stating things, and it only becomes a discussion if you allow for the back and forth, which you don't have to. Uh, And certainly podcasts, I mean, you know, this one being a great example, I'm speaking to a wall right now. So where's the counter view? Uh, The point I'm getting at is you don't have to understand the counter view these days because you, you rarely ever get challenged on it. Uh, and if you do get challenged on it, you can find ways to express your thoughts without getting challenged on it through one of these outlets that I'm, that I'm talking about. Uh, and I think that's a shame. I think half of the point of an opinion uh, or half of the value of your opinion is how well you understand the 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 uh, the opposing opinion. And that's always ammunition. That's always ammunition. Knowing what the other side thinks, knowing what the other side is doing, knowing what you don't agree with about the other side, that's ammunition in your argument against them. So I think it's important, and I, I think it's a shame that a lot of people don't do that. Uh, this comes from at, well, for his name is Brad Kramer. His handle is at BK from C-Town. At BK from C-Town. Only express your opinions at a crowded party, especially around a lot of women. They love that. Yes, they do, don't they? Crowded party or in a store with the clerk, I find that that really gets a girl's panties sopped is to uh, is to tell off a customer service clerk about their store policies and how you don't agree with them or or in a restaurant complain about the service. That's a good one. That'll get you laid uh, on a date. Uh, a couple more of these. This is from Reedinsky. I, I I'm just going to spell it at R E E D I N K S K I uh Joe DeRosa comedy is it getting easier slash harder to express controversial opinions? do you respect people for sticking to opinions slash changing them um well is it getting easier or harder uh, I'd say it's probably getting harder um because uh well you know what we're going to get into this uh in a little while um actually let's just get into it now. Here's why I think it's getting harder. Um, I was having a very interesting talk with a friend of mine recently about the way people act so with such entitlement now, and he said people often pose this argument that our culture uh, is, is in a bad state because people no longer have a belief in God, uh, and people have turned their backs uh, to religion. And that's why people are so lost right now, without direction, and, and acting in such grotesque ways. Uh, and he said his response to that is, it's not a problem that people have turned their backs on the belief of God. Um, they can do that. The problem is, uh, is that they have not, they have no longer, they no longer have a recognition of any sort of moral code, which has nothing to do with, as he phrased it, a manufactured religious belief or policy. It's just the basics of morality, treating other people with decency. And people don't really have that anymore. And I said, you know what, you're absolutely right. So many people act uh, in other words, there is no heaven, so why act with any morality? As, long as, you ex- as soon as you accept the, the concept that heaven doesn't exist, why would you have to act in any way with morality anymore? And that's where so many people are coming from. Uh, I do agree with that. Um, and I'm not a religious person, but I do agree that the thought of heaven or the fear of not getting into it is what causes people to act with decency uh, so frequently. It's, it's, it, there's there's a, a Sigmund Freud book called The Future of an Illusion uh, where he talks about this, uh, that the creation of God is to keep everything in order. Um, now, I said I only, I, I totally agree that that is the case with certain people, but I th- also think that, the other side of that is that there are people acting with extreme entitlement now. Through reality television, through social media, we have celebrated the scum-sucking shit of this country, the worst of the worst. The people that are the fame-mongers, the money-grubbers, the disgusting people. Disgusting people who, might I add, as we often see on these reality shows, believe Completely in God are quite religious, many of them. Uh, So, what do you do with that person? The person that thinks I'm going to heaven no matter what because my TV show or my Twitter account or my whatever has made me feel that I am not wrong in any way. We live in an age of entitlement right now. People it's the era of sorry i'm a bitch deal with it that's everybody's attitude now sorry i'm a bitch deal with it sorry sorry i'm a bitch sorry deal with it and i'm not picking on women men have that attitude too sorry 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 i'm a bitch get it i'm a bitch okay that's the attitude now i'm your problem I'm not doing anything outside of, the, of my legal allowances, so therefore I can do it. That's how everybody thinks now. I'll do it because I can. And as long as I can, according to the law, I will continue to do it. Therefore, you lose people apologizing uh, for their ill behavior anymore. You lose people uh, having an open mind towards what other people think, even if it doesn't line up with what they think. So I do think it is becoming harder to express a controversial opinion, especially because today the controversial opinion is, you're an asshole. That's such an, it's, it's such an interesting dynamic to me right now, because I really think we live in a time where people deserve to be criticized more than ever before. More so than ever before do people deserve to be criticized because of the way they act, And and their boorish behaviors. Yet the climate we're living in forbids us to criticize them. Who are you to criticize that person? We judge each other for judging other people. How dare you, how dare you impose any sort of morality on that person? How dare you question their ethics? They're not breaking the law. Okay, well, they're not breaking the law. It doesn't mean they're not a disgusting person. Fine. They won't go to court. They won't go to jail. It doesn't mean they're not a pig you know what i mean look we're not going to try a pig in a court of law either a pig is fucking disgusting though so i do think it's harder to express the controversial opinions i I think it's harder to express any opinion these days um and the second part of the question here was do i respect people for sticking to their opinions or changing them um i know i i obviously respect people for sticking to them as long as it's an re- opinion, I respect. You know, if somebody's opinion is that uh, that Mexican people shouldn't be allowed into the United States, no, I'm not going to respect you for sticking to that opinion. Uh, I think that's a bad opinion, and I think it's wrong. Um, but you know, if your opinion is uh, that y- you know uh, you shouldn't have to uh, go to church on Sunday to be considered a good person. And everybody around you, uh, you know, persecutes you for that and says you're, you're a piece of garbage unless you show up to the service and you stick, to, you know, you, you get what I'm saying. Christ almighty, did, did I talk about over explaining the simplest concept on earth? I need somebody here to just go, Joe, do me a favor. Shut the fuck up. I need that once in a while. Somebody to just nudge me and go, Joe, hey, Joe, shut up. That was one of those times when I needed that. Um. One last one before uh, I get into the, the, the not addressing Twitter things. Does new tech require new understandings of how, why, and when to express ourselves and to who? Uh, yes, I, I think it does. I think it does. And that gets me into uh, a big thing I want to talk about today. Because um, we do have all this new technology um, and it's not just social media. You know, I did an internet episode of this podcast where I talked about, um, the responsibilities that come along with these new, you know, outlets that the internet allows for us. And it's not just social media, it's Amazon reviews, it's Yelp reviews, it's, it's th- this rating system that we've implemented, uh, that can affect the 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 livelihood and well being of any sort of professional person, um, and we are using that we're, we're using it without responsibility, uh, I, you know. Take something like Yelp, simply just a simple thing. Simple thing. You go into a restaurant, some mom and pop shop. Let's say they specialize in you know fucking andouille sausage or whatever. You know, is it andouille? I think that's right. And I can't, and You know what I mean, the one that starts with the A-N. That's their thing. And you say, I want that kind of sausage. I haven't had that kind of sausage in a while. There's a little specialty shop. And you go in, and the service sucks. So you leave, and you go home, and you go, this is fucking terrible. My sausage was cold, and uh, it took 40 minutes to get it, and fuck this place, Yelp, one-star review. Now, because it's a mom-and-pop, there probably aren't a lot of Yelp reviews about it. So then... Somebody sees that one star review and they go, Oh, that sucks. I'm not going there. Or somebody else sees it and goes, Oh, that sucks that it's got a one star, but I'm going to try it anyway. And then the littlest thing goes wrong when that person's in there, and then they go home and they give it a one star review. Now the one star snowball is rolling down the hill. Nobody stops to think not nobody, but a lot of people don't stop to think, well, maybe, maybe This, because it's a mom and pop operation, these people have a lot of plates spinning and the service can't be as quick and uh, as efficient as Applebee's. But the whole reason I'm here is because I didn't want to go to fucking Applebee's because they don't have the special sausage. I wanted a unique experience. Maybe these people are still trying to figure it out. Maybe these people are doing their best right now. And... I just caught them on a bad day because, you know, they're stressed out because the, the rent's due on the shop and, and they're not making enough money or the loan and, uh, and they're behind on the payments or the business is slow or, or the chef just quit or whatever it is, whatever it is. There are a lot of factors. There are a lot of ins and outs that go into running a business like that. Yet the average person sees only what their experience is with it. And they never take into account that, man, I could really fuck this person's life up. I could fuck their future up by going on to Yelp and leaving this bullshit review because I didn't like that my sausage took X amount of minutes to receive. Relax, you fucking fatso. Relax. You'll you'll get the sausage, okay? Did it not come quickly? Fucking calm down, all right? And look, I'm all for good service in a restaurant. I can't stand when a restaurant has shit st- service. All right, but there's a you can tell when it's shit service and then people are under uh, under the whatever the cliche is for you know what I'm saying right now. Uh you know. You know the cliche. I was going to say under the under the gun. I didn't think that was right. Then I was going to say behind the eight ball. I didn't think that was right. You know what I'm saying? You know the difference between a waiter not giving a shit, and somebody trying their best and being under, insert the cliche there, that I can't think of. You know the difference. So try to have some understanding, but a a lot of people don't. And they go, oh, well, I can have my revenge. I can have my vengeance. I'll go online and leave this bad review, and then that'll show them, that'll teach them a lesson, and it doesn't. It doesn't teach anybody a lesson. All it's going to do is going to make somebody that might have went to that place not go there. I'm not saying everybody that has these reviews doesn't deserve them. Of course, some people deserve them. But not everybody deserves them. And, and proof is you can go on Yelp and you can find restaurants that have like five-star reviews across the board, which by the way, that's the positive side of this. That's the positive side, is that people can say really positive things about something. But I'll tell you, you know, There's a negative to the positive too, which is people that are just trigger happy with the five star reviews. You know, I mean, Jesus Christ. Sometimes you go on iTunes and you'll look at an album and it'll be like it'll be like this is a masterpiece, and then you download it and you go, "This is a pile of shit." What the who? And then you realize, like, my God Almighty, these fanboys just give five stars to anything. You know, Uh, I don't want to name any bands. I was going to name a band, you know, but. There's a certain band out there where every time they put out an album, somebody goes, this is it, the best album since the first album. And you listen to it and you go, this is the worst album since the first album. I thought the last one was the worst. This one's even worse. Uh, If you really think, you'll know who I'm talking about. It's a band. They're a rock band. That's all I'm going to say. Every album has sucked since the first two albums. That's all I'm going to say. They're a modern-day rock band. I'm not naming any names. Really think you know who I'm talking about. Uh, anyway, so my point is, is whether you're being trigger-happy with the five-star reviews or a fucking asshole with the one-star reviews, yeah, people need to be a little more careful about how they express themselves. And also on social media... With just blurting things out, you know, look, we don't need to know your every thought. It's not good. A lot of these thoughts need to be kept to yourself. You don't need to tell us everything, okay? I, I don't need to see every thought in a tweet, all right? I don't need to see your vagina every day in a tweet. Look, if you're a porn star or a cam girl, fine. That's your business. Do it. Sell that thing. That's how you're making some dough, all right? But there's like regular girls out there just showing their clams online. It's like, what are you doing, sweetheart? You got to go to work in the morning. Stop doing that. I'm sure there's guys showing their cocks too, but I don't follow them. Oh, get it? See what I did there? That was a bit. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine last night, different friend, not the uh, God argument heaven thing. Not that guy, different guy. But we were talking about um, this website called Rate My Teacher. Rate My Teacher, where you can go and you can rate your teacher like she's a goddamn hot dog stand, or like he is a fucking stereo equipment store. Rate My Teacher. Here's the thing, are some people out there in the teaching world lunatics that should have never been allowed to teach? Yes. Are some people out there in the teaching world uh, potentially drunk at work or on drugs and not appropriate to be around children? Yes. Does that mean that anybody, anybody should be allowed to go on there and rate them? No. No. We've put the responsibility, the responsibility of authority into the hands of everybody. It makes no sense. There used to be a system in place, and the system was in place for a reason. There was a bureaucracy, and as shitty as bureaucracies can be, they at one point there was a, there was they, they served a purpose, okay before they got way out of hand and and just power hungry and there was a point when they served a purpose, and the point was the guy above you was more qualified to monitor the people below him. In, uh, in that sort of corporate ladder or whatever. The guy there, the guy at this tier was in charge of monitoring the tiers down here. And then The guy above him was in charge of monitoring the tiers down and so on and so forth, all the way up to the CEO or the president or whoever or whomever. I know the mistake I made and I corrected it. Um, That's gone. I mean, the bureaucracy, they still exist, obviously, but like, We've now put this in the hands of the public. What fucking business, what business, honestly, does a child have being allowed to go online and rate a teacher? How does a child have the understanding of what a teacher should be allowed uh, or, or, or what is presentable about a teacher? If I was allowed to rate my teachers when I was in school, they all would have been fired. Why? Because because he's a dick, because he made me he made me shut up during class. I don't like he's a dick, and I called him an asshole, and then he gave me a demerits for it. I was a fucking shit when I was in school. I cursed out teachers. I got detention for it. I screamed, this is bullshit. When I was getting those detentions, I deserved the detentions. I got suspended from school for throwing my desk against the wall. I fucking deserved it. And I remember at 13 or 14 years old trying to argue with my parents that it was justified that i threw my desk against a wall every time i got kicked out of class it was never my fault every time i didn't do the work i was supposed to do and i got reprimanded for it the teacher was an asshole. every time i got called on and wasn't paying attention i said that i was being picked on because that's what you do when you're a kid i had no business trying to rate my teachers What I had business doing was if I had a legitimate gripe to go to my principal, their boss, and say, here's the gripe. And then the principal with their authority could investigate that gripe and see if it was legitimate or not. Now some kid can go online and just write whatever the fuck he wants about his teacher. Are you insane? Are you insane? We have put the well-being of the adults of our adults in the hands of the children. What the fuck is going on around here right now? What is happening? How the fuck are these kids running shit? And I'll tell you what, too. Every parent, that's where you really have the problem. That's what I said to my friend last night. I go, dude, the problem isn't the kids being assholes and going online and leaving bad ratings. The problem is when their parents get involved. Because these dipshit parents now are so irresponsible. They don't want to turn... The guns on their kids. I don't literally, I don't mean literally guns. You know what I'm saying? They don't want to turn it in on their kids because that would require real parenting. You know, everybody says, oh, these people have this attitude of like, my children can do no wrong because they're my children. I don't think that's why. That's not the reason why to me. The reason people take on the attitude of my children can do no wrong is because once their children do do wrong and the parent recognizes it, then they actually have to be fucking parents which they're not, they're not equipped to do because they didn't want to have kids to begin with because they got their kids in the same way they got their car because their neighbors did it. That's the way people function. Oh, my neighbor got married, so I need to. Oh, shit, my neighbor got a minivan, so I need to. Oh, shit, my neighbor had a kid. Well, we better do it before it's too late so we fit in. Well why can't you have why do we have to have a kid? Because then because if we have a kid then we'll get invited to these social things and we'll be part of the group. If we don't we're over here on our own and fuck that shit. That's lonely. Let's join let's join up with the pack. That's the way people have kids. At least now and they don't want to parent them. And they treat their kids like they treat any other complicated problem in their life. They throw money at it. They throw money at it. I used to hate the kids for the way they acted with such entitlement and such snobbery and such attitude, it's not the kids kids, and I say kids like I'm so, I'm not that fucking old I mean I'm getting old, but I'm not that old I'm talking people in their 20s you know, I'm talking like the entitled hipsters and the the, the shittiness of their attitudes I used to get pissed off at them you know what, it's not your fault guys, it's not your fault you were raised by wolves you were raised by animals that didn't teach you values that didn't teach you how to act properly, that didn't teach you civility. They teach you how to kill. They gave you a thirst for blood. And they taught you that whatever you wanted, you were entitled to. Why? Because that's the way they acted. Because they didn't want to deal. They didn't want to deal with you. I can't deal. It's too much right now. I can't deal. Oh, the kids. Oh, God. No, my son didn't do anything wrong. I can't even deal with it right now if he did, all right? Just, just like, whatever. Just get rid of the teacher. They'd rather see a hardworking person get fired from their job. They don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck. These people get thrown out on their ass, underpaid from day one, teachers. Shit pay, okay? A lot of them in dangerous situations in school. Many teachers physically attacked by students. Okay? God damn, there's a school shooting every other fucking week. And I mean, being a teacher these days is like being a cop. It's like you go to work every day and your wife is like tear in her eye waving like please be safe out there, baby. Come home in one piece. You got to go into the school where God knows what can happen. And yet these parents, these douchebag parents do anything to get you thrown out on your ass, and that 's why now you have schools with no rating systems with no grading systems um, and 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 nobody can told nobody can be told anything and it 's not because the kid doesn 't deserve to be told something or, or criticized or the kid doesn 't deserve uh, to be reprimanded or disciplined or or that the teacher is inadequate or any of that stuff it 's because these fucking Parents don't want to deal. They don't want to push their kids. They don't want to have to deal with the kid coming home and saying, I don't understand this, so now I need you to help me. They'd rather go to the school and say, there's a problem with the teacher because my kid doesn't understand, uh, and then therefore this teacher's doing something wrong, and then they need to be replaced or fired or moved or whatever it is. No, your kid is fucking dumb, okay? And I don't mean that in an insulting way. I really don't. Okay, but the word dumb exists for a reason. Some people are dumb, and some people need a little assistance. Some people need a little extra from a tutor or from the parents or from whatever it is, and they don't fucking get it. And because these parents are so goddamn lazy, they'd rather just go in and get somebody fired. It's despicable, rate my teacher. Despicable. There's a great Carlin bit. Oh, what a surprise. I'm referencing George Carlin. There's a great George Carlin bit. It wasn't released on any of his albums. I think it's a terrible shame that it wasn't because it's one of my favorite bits he's ever done. Uh, You can YouTube it. Uh, It's called Rats and Squealers. I highly, highly recommend it. The bit is 15 or 16, maybe even 17 years old. No, no, no. I'm sorry. It came out right before 9-11. So it's about 15 years old. It's called Rats and Squealers. It starts out with him talking about the where's my driving bumper stickers I, they don't exist as much as they used to, but do you remember that about 15 years ago you'd see a truck on the road and say where's my dr- how's my driving on uh the, on the bumper sticker?" and then it'd have an 800 number you could call to report the person if you think they were driving poorly uh, And he talks about how that movement that 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 how's my driving thing seems like such a benign thing, but it's not it's the It's the mark of an epidemic of of ratting out people in this country and that we've become this nation of rats and squealers and from there, the bit goes into how much he doesn't like prosecuting attorneys because their whole job is to be tattletales and to and to and to prosecute people for their wrongdoing and to and to get people into trouble when they should be minding their own business. He talks about how people roll over on the mob these days and how the concept of omerta is gone, which omerta was silence and you never talked. Uh, he talks about kids calling hotlines and turning their parents in. Uh, and he says, you know, it doesn't, you know, you got to be an idiot to call the cops on the person who's supplying the food. It's, it's an amazing bit. It's an amazing, amazing bit. I'm not doing it any justice right now, so just go and l- listen to it. Um, because I think that is uh, an, a very, very unfortunate byproduct of expression is, is us rolling over on one another now. We're constantly rolling over on one another all the time. And here's what I think... Uh, this, this is why I think that's happening. Uh, This is going to sound extremely negative, what I'm about to say, but I don't think it is. I think it's just true. I think this machine, you know, the one we're all raging against, uh, I think this machine is, it has been running way too fast and way too hard for way too long in such a corrupt fashion that it will never be stopped. They'll never be stopped. I know I'm not saying anything new, but when you look at the roots of the country and you say we stole the land, we stole the people, we we were uh, we we segregated from day one, we slaughtered from day one, there was prejudice from day one, all these things. When you when that's the foundation, when that's the foundation for the country, and you build up from there, you have a bad foundation. The, the building. It, 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 it's not It's not a sound structure when that's the foundation. And at this point, at this point, this has been going for so hard and so long and so fast for so long. It's. You're not stopping it. We're not changing the machine at this point. There's too much at stake. Financially, there's too much at stake to change how things are done in this country. You know, it always makes me laugh when people go, "Well, if it was a different president, we would never would have went to war with Iraq." Bullshit. Bullshit. You boil that down to the to to just the, the the most simple thing. It was an oil war, the last Iraq war. And the critics of that war that war will say, it, and the defenders of it will say it wasn't. But whether you're a defender of the Iraq war or or a critic of it doesn't matter to me. The war was about getting Oil, it was about getting our hands on a certain, part of the, uh, a certain part of the world that could supply us with a fuel that we would need for the future. That's it. That's it. That's fucking it. That's a money ploy. That's what it was about. It's about money. Okay, so when people say, you know, if it was so-and-so in the White House, it wouldn't have, No, it still would have happened because they needed it to happen. The machine needs oil. So that's what happens. I know this is a sort of you know, base, uh, uh, clumsy almost example, but it's just a simple example, and I think it gets right to the point of what I'm trying to say right now. You're not going to change the machine. We've talked a lot on here about uh, Occupy Wall Street, and if you heard those episodes, you know my opinion on that. Do I think Wall Street is corrupt? Yes, I think it's disgusting. Do I think sitting in a park and playing jump drums is going to change that? Absolutely not. And it didn't. It didn't change a fucking thing. And everybody that can say, oh, well, it's sparked a conversation. Okay, great. So it sparked a conversation that is now distracting us and convincing us that we're somehow making a change or progress when we're not. We're just talking about it. And talking about it keeps our minds off the fact that it's actually happened and paints an illusion that we're somehow changing what's happening and we're not it's not changing, so you're in this corrupt machine. You're living inside this corrupt machine, and whether you want to admit to it or not, I think we all know deep in our hearts and souls that that's really what it is, okay? I think when people say that it's, it's, there is hope for change and, and it's, it, this isn't what it is not what it. I think these people are really kidding themselves. I really believe that. I found it's a lot like the God argument. When I argue religion with somebody for long enough, usually at some point, the person will eventually get to a point and they'll say, well, you got to believe in something. Otherwise, you just feel hopeless. And I'll go, ah, there it is. There it is. Just admit that's what you're doing. Just admit that you're believing in a fabricated super being right now because it makes you feel better. It lets you sleep at night. And the thought of dying and you're, your existence being just shattered into nothingness forever. That's terrifying. That's fucking terrifying. Okay? And so we don't want to think about it. So you want to go to bed and you want to think about, there's a God and there's a heaven and there's this and that, whatever. I really believe that. Okay? I really believe that that's what most people, that's their motivation for most of the time believing in God and these other things is because it's too hard not to believe in it. Now, I'm not an asshole. Uh, I know I can't prove the non-existence of God, so I will never say he definitely doesn't exist. I would just say that I'm leaning towards him not existing versus, versus him existing. Um, that being said, I believe that people that that believe in creationism should be allowed to express that thought. Um, I believe that, uh, that people that think uh, it's as, Zania concept as planners theory which is the thought which is the belief that uh aliens planet life on this planet uh or it's as Zania thought of life being born on the backs uh, of amoebas or whatever the fuck it is over slowly over the period of time and that the likelihood of that happening is a million to one or whatever fine hey they're all they're all crazy harebrained theories we don't know why we're here you can express any one of them you can teach any one of them That's fine. We can recognize all of them as theories. I don't have a problem with that. Uh, And by the way, you want to talk about, and I'm just digressing. I'm going to get back to this machine thing, but hold on. You want to talk about the hardness of expressing controversial opinions. Scientists that have accepted the theory of creationism alongside equally with the theory of every um, every other evolutionary theory out there have been blackballed from the scientific community. Absolutely blackballed and you can watch. there's a great documentary that ben stein did um about uh about this but what the fuck is it called sorry i'm trying to remember the name of it out out oh, god damn it outsort out schooled hold on a second let me look this up i'm going to look it up i'm finally actually doing that on the podcast like when i don't know the answer to something i'm going to actually look it up now ben stein documentary. Um, But it's about how these scientists said, look, uh, Expelled, that's what it's called. Expelled, No Intelligence Allowed is the name of the documentary. It is a tremendous, tremendous documentary. Um, How does this only have 3.7 stars on IMDb? That is impossible. There's no way. There's no way. This is what I mean. This is what I mean. I think that this got shit reviews. Okay, you know what? Let's read some of the reviews here. Ben Stein versus reality. This is a review, user review. Religious, which is a tremendous documentary that Bill Maher did. I love it was a documentary about the ridiculous aspects of religion. Within the first five minutes, we learn that Marr is an atheist, a comedian, and a bit of a prick. In Stein and Frankowski's Expelled, we begin with black-and-white montage of the Berlin Wall, armed soldiers, and huddled masses. This goes on over the credits for about five minutes while a string of All Along the Watchtower plays. Then we see Stein behind the stage, an eager, roaring crowd waiting for him as he walks from his dressing room like a heavyweight boxer and emerges into the flashing lights with a greeting of What up, gangsters!" So, from the word go, we know Stein is going for seriousness, drama, and a tiny bit of levity, not comedy, and certainly not satire, as the plot synopsis suggests. We learn nothing about Stein's personal views, other than that he is an imperial, or an impartial curious party, interested in defending free speech whenever he finds it. Yeah, that's what a real documentary is, you dipshit. That's what a documentary is supposed to be. It's supposed to be an objective study of something that's what it's supposed to be it's not supposed to be now look i'm not saying it can't be the other thing but a documentary in its truest sense is supposed to be an a, an absolutely objective study of so it's why michael moore has received so much criticism that that he editorializes too much and and lets his opinion influence the reality or factual uh, evidence of, of the situa- relating to the situation um this is what I mean, though. This is what I mean. Just some guys like, oh, that's why it's got a one. Because it's got, you just, just come on and just go, uh, you know what? I, this wasn't the documentary I thought it should be, so I'm going to give it one star. Here's another, uh, I believe, bad review. Do the people who believe in intelligent design really think that it's the right to slander and lie? No. No, it's, it's, that's, that, that's not what the point of the documentary is. Here's the pros, this guy. I'm going to just try to boil this guy's review down real quick. Pros, the film has a sense of humor, it does. Uh, some interesting interview footage with scientists. Cons, the film commits a number of documentary filmmaking sins. This film is a perfect example of how not to do a documentary. Student filmmakers take notes. Okay, explain why other than you don't agree with the objective argument it, pre- it presents most of its claims based of scientists and Darwin being religious are irrelevant considering what the film is about. Uh, Okay, you could make that argument. The argument is also made in the film that what Darwin Darwin understood about uh, um, evolution was something like a one-thousandth of what we understand about evolution now. But nobody wants to discuss that. Uh, the film is dishonest and misleading in that it uses Hitler and the Holocaust to slander the people who believe in the theory of evolution. Um, I don't remember what that part is, uh, so I I can't speak to that. The filmmaker uses the music of John Lennon and the killers, among others, out of context, There's not in a non-justifiable way, the attempt to connect the religious theory... And, what the fuck are you talking about? Okay. There is no rhythm, strategy, or effort put into the research displayed here. That is not true. Okay, listen. I could read this all day. If you didn't see the movie, you're not going to know what the fuck it's talking about anyway. The, there, the movie basically depicts a group of scientists that say, "Look, um, evolution is is it, you know is a theory that is being recognized. We're not saying evolution is not true. We're not denouncing evolution. I." By the way, believe in evolution before we, before you think I'm saying I don't believe in it. Um, I believe in it. Scientists are saying we believe in evolution. However, Darwin's theory of evolution is very crude because of the time that it was created and what he understood truly about it uh, versus what we understand now. There's a part where uh, they say, what would you say during the time of evolution? What was Darwin's true understanding of it? And, the, and A scientist says uh, it was basically, I think he says, uh, like... The universe was or his 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 the understanding of the vastness of it was about you know like the like a ford focus he equates it to a car, and he says, "What would you say our understanding of it now would be um and he says uh, a a galaxy um because they just didn't have the science back then anyway the they go on to explain that like you know these other theories of uh of how we got here and how life on earth existed meaning um there's the, there's the amoeba thing where life was born in the backs of amoebas and slowly grew over time. They said the chances of that happening are literally the same odds of lining up 100 or something slot machines and hitting a jackpot on all of them at once at the same time. It's very, very slim odds. They also talk about Planners theory, which is the theory that aliens came here and planted life on this planet, which essentially, as one scientist points out, is basically the same thing as saying God created life. So intelligent design is not different from planner's theory. It's just planner's theory has some kind of science element to it because it's an advanced race coming and putting us here versus a supreme being. Now, do I agree or do I think that a supreme being created us? No, I do not. However, do I think that it is valid that a scientist could say we have no more proof for many of these other theories that we accept uh, or these other theories, at least, are just as an outside, just as much of an outside chance as, as being credible at, or true as the, the theory of intelligent design. Yes, I can accept that. So therefore, I think they could teach intelligent design just as saying, look, this is one of the other factors. They're not saying we should teach intelligent design instead of these other things. They're saying we can teach it and recognize it along with it because it's just another theory. And I agree with that. I totally agree with that. And the people that criticize this film and don't like it are literally people saying, "I don't believe in intelligent intelligent design, so this is bullshit." And that's fucking idiotic. So then they go online and they write reviews titled like dishonest, which is it's not dishonest. Global conspiracy, no. Falsehoods and lies abound, not true. Dramatic fiction, not true. Deceitful documentary, not true. Lying for God, not true. Uh, None of this stuff is true. Now, why do people do this? Why do people do this? Which brings us back to the machine. You thought I wasn't going to get back to the machine? The machine? Fuck the machine! Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross reference. Uh, Here's why people do this. And this is my theory. People are scared People are afraid, okay? As I said, this machine, which is quite dirty and filthy and gross, has been running so hard and so fast for so long. We're never going to change it. We're never going to change the way it runs. And that's frightening. That's frightening. That's a reality that none of us want to recognize. And this machine has a lot of terrible, terrible byproducts. Look around you. We're surrounded by threat, hatred, potential lawsuits, defamation, slander, violence, all of these things coming from the oppressors and the oppressed. These things aren't just coming from the side of the, of the power and the, the ruling class anymore. They're coming from everywhere. It feels like chaos. It feels like chaos. Something terrible can happen at any time, and it can happen at the hands of the people you need to kowtow to, the people that are running the systems you rely on every day, or from the people that are at the mercy of those systems. And all of this hatred and violence and and all of it, all of it can theoretically be justified in one way or the other by one group or another. Everybody's arguing that one side is right or the other side is right, and everybody is posing a stronger and stronger argument every single day. So what happens? You see this? It's fucking terrifying. So what happens? Your your instinct for survival kicks in. The survival instinct kicks in. All you want to do is protect yourself. You want to live a long life. You don't want to die. You want to be part of a team, so you join the team it's just like what we were saying before about the people having kids because that's what their neighbors were doing and you buy the car and the house and you get married because that's what your neighbors are doing. It's the same thing. So you join your team. You sign up with your church. You commit yourself to a certain political group. Some people go out and join hate groups. Some people join online communities. Some people, you know, uh, uh, go into support groups. But everybody's out there trying to jump into some group where a bunch of people are saying, you're just like us. These are passive cults. That's all they are. Every one of these things is a passive cult. It's an undefined, undercover cult. People join them. Why? Because it means protection. It means safety. And hey, can I blame people for seeking out safety? Uh, No, I can't. I can disagree with the groups they join up with because in my opinion, a lot of the groups are despicable. But does that mean I don't understand why they join these groups? No, I understand it. I don't agree with it, but I do understand it. So what are you going to do? I don't know. I don't have the answers. I'm just going to drop this hot potato in your lap and let you deal with it. Lie in bed tonight and think about all this stuff I said and realize that when you're expressing yourself, it comes at a great risk. Also realize that when you're expressing yourself, sometimes you shouldn't be allowed to. Uh, but you are, so you do, and we all do. And sometimes we need more people telling us to shut the fuck up, and they're not there. Uh, and when they are there, we tell them to shut the fuck up, and we keep expressing ourselves without listening to them. And then we find a group that, of people that say your expression is correct and that you are just like us, and we say that's great, and then all you do is hang out with like-minded people that share all the exact same opinions as you do, and then uh, you die a truly lonely and dead person on the inside. And that's what expression is all about. Thank you for listening today, everybody. I appreciate it. Let's see if we can take one or two more questions just at the end here to sign it off. Let's go to the phones. Uh, Here is uh, Daniel Vandre this is at D-A-N-I-E-L-V-A-N-D-R-E. uh do you always throw people under the bus when expressing themselves or is that only when you're on a on your period uh this is um this is a reference to when i went on uh joe rogan's podcast and said that i didn't agree with the statements um and some of the statements and actions of anthony Cumia um Um, Some of the stuff he had said online uh, and some of the stuff he had said in reaction to what he had said online that I thought was racist. Um, That's not throwing somebody under the bus. That's uh, that's somebody saying I didn't. That's me just saying I didn't agree with somebody with what they were saying. Um, Throwing somebody under the bus is. At least my take on it is uh, when you agree with somebody when you align with somebody, but then you're scared, so you cut them loose, uh, and you to, to save your own ass. It's 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 the Henry Hill move, where I'm going to roll over on the gangsters because I don't want to go to jail. That's not what I did. I very openly said that I realized a lot of people weren't going to agree with me, but I just didn't agree with what he was saying, and I thought I expressed that very respectfully. Uh, and in fact, when Anthony and I talked about it on his show, I felt that we. Had a very respectful discussion about it. Uh but was I on my period? Yes, I was. I was on my period. Uh I can't help it. I get it once a month. I can't, you know, I can't tell it when to hey. I can't help when my period comes to visit me. I have no control over that. So um I think that's a great place to stop. Look at that. Opposing opinion, someone expressing themselves in a way that's different from me, the way I express myself. And I we entertained it and we talked about it, and that's what it's all about, folks. Ultimately, if we can get to a healthy place with all this, we can all express ourselves fairly and evenly, uh, and we can accept the expression of others and not always take a difference in opinion as a drawing the, a line in the sand, okay, and, and, and a waging of war. That's not always what it is. Sometimes people are just different. And the sooner we can realize that, the better off we'll all be. Stop going into your cocoons and, uh, and screaming into the vacuum with your thoughts uh, uh, okay and and start bringing them into into areas where people might not agree with you, uh, and maybe hey, who knows, maybe you learn something new and and we all become friends and don 't die empty on the inside. There you go. What a positive way to end this. Come see me in Philly this week at helium comedy Club. I, I really hope to see you out there uh, again it 's Wednesday through Saturday, six total shows, uh, and then by the new album, mistakes were made. The B-Sides, iTunes and Amazon. Uh, subscribe to this podcast uh, on iTunes, and uh, you can get uh, the podcast at uh or on iTunes or on Stitcher. Uh, leave us a review if you like what you're hearing, and if you don't, please don't express yourself.